We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. And God told him, says, this is the land that I'm going to give you. And then he told him here in Genesis chapter 15, it says in verse 5, And he brought him abroad and said, Look now towards the heaven, and tell the stars, and if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. In other words, God gave him a promise. Abraham, you are going to have so many children. You're going to have children as numerous as all of the stars. You know, I heard somebody had tried to estimate the number of stars that there were, and I forget now what it was, but it was billions and billions. And, and he was saying, Abraham, you're going to have children as numerous as the stars. And the next verse says, he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. He didn't count Abraham's actions for righteousness, but he counted his faith for righteousness. And if you go ahead and study the life of Abraham, Abraham was not the perfect person. You know, Abraham lied about his wife, Sarah, being his wife because she was so beautiful. One time she was uh, 66 years old and Abraham thought that Pharaoh was going to kill him to get to his wife. So he says, you promise me that you'll just tell people you're my sister. And sure enough, Pharaoh thought she was beautiful. And brought her into his harem. That's in Genesis chapter 12. And he was going to have physical sexual relationships with him, but God plagued him in a dream. And um, anyway, he was spared this. God protected him because of his covenant with Abraham. But Abraham, that was wrong what he did. And he didn't just do it once. He did it again with the king of Gerar. And he was willing to let that king take his wife and commit adultery with her to save his own neck. 
Awenu obuyenga yeta asa okubanga jibu wako mutwe. You know, any way you cut that, that's wrong. Nemu ngeri yonajo soboro kuchire etamu, eyo yonea chamu. Abraham was not the perfect person. Ibrahimu teyalimu ntuatu kilide. And then they had children, had trouble having children. And so Sarah, Abram's wife, once she had gone through menopause, and it looked like she wasn't going to be able to have children. She gave Abraham her slave and says, you have sexual relationships with her. And we'll, I'll claim her son. And we'll claim this as our son, even though it's my handmaiden. And man, there is no, she didn't have to convince him. There isn't any arguing about it. He just went in. Had sexual relationships. That's where Ishmael came from. The father of all Arabs. The whole Arab-Israeli conflict that we see today happened because of Abraham's disobedience. And on and on you could go, Abraham was not the perfect person. The reason we talk about Abraham and use him as an example isn't because he did everything right but because he believed God and he did believe God he was strong in faith he believed God he never did see the fulfillment of all of these prophecies in his lifetime but he believed God and even when he was a hundred years old and it was impossible for Sarah to have a child God told him that he would have a child in the next year and he believed God and that's what made him righteous in the sight of God and it'll go on and say all of these things but if you study through, this happened 430 years. You can see that right here in Genesis chapter 15. And it says in verse 16, But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And so you can read in Exodus chapter 12, verse 40. It was exactly 430 years. 
chijakula ganti jari emiaka binamu asa tudala. To the day after this instance recorded in Genesis 15, okutuka kuluna kuluru ayogiru wako mulubedebedia kuminatano. That Moses brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And then it was a short period of time after that when they got the Ten Commandments. So the law and all of the commandments about how you were supposed to live. Were given after 430 years after Abraham was made righteous, counted righteous in the sight of God. So it wasn't his adherence to the law. As a matter of fact, if you were to read Leviticus chapter 18, in Leviticus 18, it says that if you marry a half-sister, either the father, either the daughter of your father, or mother, but if you marry a half-sister, it's a sexual abomination in the sight of God. And you have to cut off that person, which means kill that person. Leviticus chapter 18. Did you know that Abraham married his half-sister? If he would have been living under the law, he would have been an abomination to God and he would have been killed. It was not the law, Abram's adherence to the law that made him right in the sight of God. It was his faith, and that's what uh, Paul is quoting. It's right here in Scripture. And just as he said in the third chapter that even the righteousness of God, which was witnessed by the law and the prophets, the Old Testament law, see, tells you all of these things. If you read Genesis 15, 6, you recognize that the reason that Abraham was justified in the sight of God was because of his faith, not because of his actions. So again, Romans chapter 4, verse 3, For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith 
is counted for righteousness. Naya atakola chokana kiliza oyo awa obutu kilivu abatatia katonda. Oku kiliza kwe kumubalirwa okuba obutu kilivu. Notice that it says he, he believes on him that justifieth the ungodly. Neraba wanagamanti oyakiriza oyatukiriza abatatia katonda. Did you know that the only people that God justifies are ungodly people? As a whole, religion says you've got to become holy. And then God will accept you. No. There is nobody holy in the sight of God, not based on your actions. There is a holiness that's imputed unto us, that is given unto us. But nobody deserves relationship with God. Nobody is clean on their own. All of us are ungodly. And if you are unwilling to admit that you are ungodly, if you think, well, I'm not ungodly, I'm just not perfect. And, you know, I don't need Jesus as much as this person over here that committed murder or lying or stealing. I just need a little bit of help. You can't be helped. You have to admit you are ungodly. You have to acknowledge that you can't save yourself. You have to come to the end of yourself before you can find the beginning of God. And this is the very thing that keeps a lot of people from having relationship with God is because they just aren't willing to admit that I am destitute without God. They think I'm really better than most people. I don't need as much of God as this person over here needs. It's not so. Who wants to be the best sinner that ever went to hell? All of sin and come short of the glory of God. And God justifies the ungodly. You have to come to the acknowledgement that you are ungodly. Not like God. Before you can receive salvation. And then he uses David as an example. In verse 6, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. 
Olomukaga agamba ntine Dawudi alangirira omukisa ku muntu katonda gwagabiro butukirive watali bikolwanti. Notice the terminology here. He's using David and he says God imputes righteousness. Njagala olabe wana ekigambo kyakozesa. Wanagamye ntikatonda gwagabiro butukirivu. Without works. E watali bikolwa. The word impute is a legal term. It's a well it's an accounting term. Like when people used to write down on books, you know, and write down your accountants. Say, all right, you owe me so much. It means to record, to put on the books. In our modern day terminology, it would be like using a credit card. When you use a credit card, you do not pay for what you got. With that credit card. What that credit card does, it has a metal strip on it. That has information on there that imputes that sale to you. But you hadn't paid for it yet. It's only been imputed unto you. A credit card imputes. It puts on the record. It holds it against you. And then they send the bill to your credit card. And your credit card company sends you a bill. And then is when you pay for it. When you get the credit card bill. If you don't agree with that, if you don't believe what I'm saying is true, just refuse to pay that credit card bill. Say, hey, I've already paid for it. I gave my credit card when I bought this thing. And see how that goes. No, you hadn't paid for a thing. All you did was have it imputed unto you. And so this says that God imputes. He puts on your account. His righteousness without you having to earn it. It's a gift. He just gives it to you. It's imputed unto you. Boy, that is a powerful statement. It says in, again in verse 6, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Now, 
BLESSED IS THE MAN TO WHOM THE LORD WILL NOT IMPUTE SIN. BOY, THAT IS ONE POWERFUL STATEMENT. YOU KNOW, THERE'S MANY SCRIPTURES OVER IN PETER. IT TALKS ABOUT THAT GOD SPOKE THROUGH THE PROPHETS. AND THEY SEARCHED AND INQUIRED DILIGENTLY. WHAT IT WAS THAT GOD WAS PROPHESYING THROUGH THEM. It wasn't for them, it was for us. And they saw off in the distance a, a relationship with God coming where you didn't have to earn the blessing of God. But it was just given as a faith gift as a grace gift that you receive by faith. They prophesied about it and that's what David was doing. This is a quotation from I believe it's Psalms chapter 32. And it quotes David as saying blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth righteousness without works. Blessed are they are whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not Impute sin. Not only did not, does not, but will not in the future. David saw this coming and prophesied that there was coming a relationship with God, which is what we have under the new covenant. That we would have God's righteousness imputed, given to us. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. It's imputed. It's a gift. And it would be given to us and he would never impute, hold against us. Sin, not past, present, not past sins, present. Sins or even future sins would never be held against us. Man, this is radical. And I know that what I've said right here just shocks somebody. What are you saying? Are you saying that, man, your sins are forgiven before you commit them? You better pray that they are because Jesus only died for your sins one time. 
2000 years ago he's not dying for your sins today if he can't forgive a sin in the future then your and my sins could never have been forgiven because they were all future when Jesus died Jesus forgave all of your sins past, present and even future sins you know I've got an entire teaching on this entitled eternal redemption and it's taken from Hebrews chapter 9 and chapter 10 and chapter 12 and it talks about how that we've been sanctified and perfected forever Webale kuuliza programu ya fe ya Gospel Truth tukiliza anti oweredwa nnyo mukisa okuyita mukusomesebwa kuno obango yagala tusabeko nawe oboli na ekibuzo chonna oboli no bujulizi kwecho katonda kyakozo kuyita ku programu eno tukubireko ku namba za simu zino wa manga 0200-330-000 Ngambie, eri 0200-330-000 Oba, 0 musamvu musamvu munana Atano mutano, nkaga mutano nsamvu Ngambie, 0 musamvu musamvu munana Atano mutano, nkaga mutano nsamvu Kuloku wakala kwa katondo kutaliko komojoli Tuogiru mkisa kwa katonda Tuogere nkula akulana, ila tuogere ukunye zewa, mulinyari ya mukama fe yesu, uwele duanyo umkisa.